Welcome to Bite Size, a collaborative psychoeducation mini podcast series created by healthy poor and support staff. In case you haven't heard about us, our organizations were created by hospitality, for hospitality, and are actively working to increase knowledge and awareness of mental health in our industry. If you'd like to take your learning a step further, check out the glossary of terms and thought prompts we have available at www.pleasehustleresponsibly.org. And thank you to the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation for supporting this series. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bite Size. My name is Moni Bunny, and I've been working in the hospitality industry for 17 years. And today, I'm going to talk to you about emotional labor. What is emotional labor? Emotional labor is a form of occupational labor named by sociologist Arlie Hochschild. She defines it as a situation where the way a person manages their emotions is regulated by a work-related entity in order to shape the state of mind of another individual, such as a customer. Sound familiar? If you work in hospitality, you probably recognize this. An easy example of emotional labor is when you have to put on a smiling face to a table even though you're having a hard time that day and are anything but chipper. To break it down a bit, the server or manager or whomever has to regulate their emotions for their job. It's been worked into the expectations or performance that they must present themselves and their emotions in a specific way regardless of how they're truly feeling. But emotional labor isn't limited to the front of the house nor is it limited to interactions with guests. Emotional labor also takes the form of putting your head down and getting the dish out, even though you were just reprimanded harshly by your supervisor, or feeling the need to stay quiet when witnessing or experiencing racism, sexism, or other forms of abuse in the workplace for fear of retaliation and further harm. Again, it's the act of stifling your true emotions while evoking other emotions because your job depends on it. Hospitality workers aren't the only ones who provide emotional labor. Hairstylists, customer service associates, flight attendants, teachers, therapists, and childcare workers are just a few of the jobs that require emotional labor. These are all positions that require some kind of skill, be it physical or mental, in addition to the act of feeling a certain feeling, which involves evoking or suppressing emotions. Some positions or circumstances require more emotional labor than others, but the distinction is that it's written into the job. Emotional labor also isn't limited to putting on a happy face when you're not happy. Some jobs require people to be hard, angry, or sometimes even cruel, even though they might feel empathy or compassion for the person they're regulating their emotions for. Now, This is different from experiencing heavy emotional interactions with, let's say, a friend or family member. Let's use this as an example. You have a sibling who calls you every other night and does a huge emotional dump on you that leaves you feeling absolutely drained by the end of it. While this interaction is certainly emotionally exhausting, this is not emotional labor. The difference is that this interaction isn't part of your job and your employment doesn't depend on it. Hold on to this example, though, because I'm going to come back to it. Now that we know what emotional labor is, let's talk about how it affects us. The answer is, not usually very well. The reason so many of us are negatively impacted by the emotional labor we're giving is because we're not taught or trained to protect ourselves when regulating our emotions the way we're required to. 
It's very painful to constantly repress any kind of emotion, be it sadness, anger, frustration, or even joy. Our emotions are our friends and tools that let us know if we're safe and thriving or if we aren't. All emotions are natural, real, and valid, and it isn't super great to be suppressing them, no matter what they are. Furthermore, when we're required to not tend to our own emotional well-being in the moment and constantly put other people's needs or wants before our own, we're creating emotional patterns and biases that can be harmful. For example, working in a space where you have to swallow your feelings while racist, sexist, or homophobic language is freely used conditions us to internalize harmful narratives and disempowers us from speaking up and communicating our own needs. It also leads to too many individuals working in spaces that aren't safe and are in fact actively damaging. Another example is when a guest talks down to a food runner for delivering the wrong dish. The food runner often can't say to the guests that their tone is hurtful and are left to swallow the harm and continue on with their night. These examples are painful scenarios and are all too common. Furthermore, there isn't a lot of space for people to process these troubling experiences, and the culture of our industry requires us to just keep pushing through the night. This can lead to an invalidation of feelings, increased stress, elevated anxiety, and harmful internalized social narratives. It's worth noting that our brains don't know when we're at work and when we aren't. So the emotional patterns we build at work are bound to creep into our lives outside of work. Remember when I asked you to hold on to the example about the sibling unloading their emotional life on the phone? Well, while this isn't emotional labor, this might be an example of not being able to set emotional boundaries and communicate your needs. Do you see the connection? It's so important that we make changes in our workspaces so the emotional labor we provide is healthy and safe. This involves service training that's rooted in genuine interaction instead of fake it till you make it smiles. It means eradicating the leave it at the door mentality and fostering a workspace that values vulnerability and encourages boundaries. This means creating systems that empower personnel to set boundaries that management upholds and supports. It means creating workspaces that condemn abuse and damaging language. And finally, it means creating training resources that help individuals to safely process their true emotions and integrating that practice into the job. The reality is that emotional labor is not something that's going away, but it doesn't have to be bad and it doesn't have to be harmful. In the next Bite Size episode, we'll learn about emotional intelligence and how you can build skills that will help manage and control your emotional labor. In the meantime, take a breath, move your body a bit, go drink some water, and definitely take some time to process what you just learned. Take care of yourself, and as always, please hustle responsibly. Thank you to our donors and our sponsor, Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, for helping to make this episode possible. To help support this podcast and our other programs, please consider making a donation at www.pleasehustleresponsibly.org. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next time to learn more about mental health.